You're listening to Cinema Rabbit Trails with Adam Rice, David Luffler, and Jerry Andrew. All right, welcome to Cinema Rabbit Trails, another episode. Yes. And today we watched Justice League, um, controversial superhero film, because not everyone seemed to like it. Right. But anyway, we're going to discuss it. So sit back, relax. I have my, uh, I upgraded from the Cinema Rabbit Trails to my uh, Doctor Who TARDIS mug. mug. (laughs) Uh, So I'm very, very happy about this, so... Uh, it's, it's we just need to start building a collection of like all these different mugs that we have. <laughs> so we have the cinematographic shows are like the usuals, and then we'll have different ones coming. Once up. we start making some money with this, we'll get different mugs for every single movie we watch. We'll just relate the mug to every to each movie. So. <laughs> get like an eye of Sauron. Drink out of the eye. Drink out of the eye. Yes. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, first of all, give us an synopsis. Somebody whose turn is it? You go. Huh? I okay. went. I did one last time, actually. Well, let's take a let's take a gander here. So obviously, this is Justice League. So it is the sequel, if you can call it that, in this world of bigger movie franchises, um, to Man of Steel, which is Superman. But Justice League, of course, is the DC get together of all of our favorite superheroes. So you have in this one specifically Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, The Flash, and Aquaman. So uh, Wonder Woman and Superman and Batman have all had their films prior to this, right? Well, Batman, not we haven't had Ben Affleck's Batman specifically a movie, but okay. we kn- we know Batman's story. We've right. had plenty of movies. So, so anyway, um, in the movie before this, we had Batman versus Superman, which um, oh, that's right, yeah. Um, which spoiler alert: Superman dies in that film, and so this movie begins with um, this new threat coming, which is known as Steppenwolf. And Steppenwolf is after these three boxes of power, and these boxes when he collects all three of them will have unlimited power and so it's up to the justice league to stop him before he does that and in the meantime they're trying to figure out okay we can't do this alone and so they find a way to see if they can resurrect superman and they do and all is well in the end and the team is assembled yeah miss anything oh wait wait uh, just the, the just uh, the avengers assemble justice league unites, unites. <laughs> yes unites. thank okay. you for so. correcting me yes you <laughs> i see have to differentiate trademarks you know all that stuff. no no i, I totally i'm right there with you <laughs> Um, uh, also keeping in mind that they're mourning the death of Superman at the beginning of the film. Right. Yeah. So that that plays a part in how they address the issue. And uh, just a quick note before we really jump into this. Um, many of you probably know there was the Justice League cartoon uh, in the early late 90s, early 2000s. And then there was Justice League Unlimited. And um, I enjoyed this movie just, just you know, personally. I, I enjoyed this movie because I really don't think I had any expectations of it. Hmm. Um, so I feel like you know a lot of people who are really diehard DC fans were just so disappointed because, you know, honestly there are, there could have been better character developments and better arcs, but it was just a fun movie overall. Yeah. And but compared to the Justice League cartoon and Justice League Unlimited, it's they're two different. Yeah, well, and to me, I thought the movie felt like a cartoon. Like it just felt like a live action cartoon yeah. movie of the DC movies. Like I loved the the animated show of Unlimited and just Justice League yeah. and Teen Titans and. Um, yeah. and uh, Young Justice, those were all great. And but even the DC movies that are a little bit more on the adult side, it just felt like 
one of those. It just that's what it felt like just with live action and better CGI effects. That's basically what it felt like to me. And I loved that. And I didn't, you know, other than Wonder Woman, we haven't had like a huge backstory on all these characters. Well, backstory, but, but I'm talking about just overall character development and relatability. Right. And I, and granted, I think in the time that we're in, there was just this big push that hey, we need to have this big movie because as we're talking about, the Avengers was coming out, yeah. and so DC's trying to get their they're trying to ride the wave and right. catch up with Marvel. Well, and I think we've been ruined by two things. One, Christopher Nolan spoiled us with the Dark Knight trilogy because that was so personalized of Batman. And hey, I can't fault him for the. the yeah, no, you that. can't fault him. I wish he could have. I wish Christopher Nolan would take over the entire DC universe of movies. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, Hans Zimmer can do all the soundtracks. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but, I forgive you. Okay. But I think we've been spoiled. Even DC fans, like hardcore DC fans, even the DC fans who may not like Marvel, they've probably watched most of the Marvel movies, and they've been spoiled by them because they've well, been... Well, the 10 years... This has been 10 years. Yeah. It's, it's been a it's decade in the making. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And we've just gotten so much character development, and one specific... Like, we've... we've Marvel has set the standard in the exact style. Like, this is how a superhero movie is made. Don't deviate from it, because this way always creates a blockbuster. And I know that's the end goal, and technically Justice Sleep was still a blockbuster, but it's they they did a different format, which people have are not aren't used to. It just felt like a cartoon live action, yeah. which Marvel feels like its own kind of style of superhero dumb. So, yeah, and I think it, you could say Marvel speaks to the culture a little bit to their to their um, benefit. I would say they they really nailed the humor side of it. They. They're very good at yeah. just that relatable kind of humor. For example, of course, you have Guardians of the Galaxy. The humor, that, that uh, principally, that, that was the key aspect. I would say why people loved it. That and Chris Pratt. Uh, yeah, but it <laughs> and, was the well, humor. and Marvel Guardians had... of the Galaxy and Chris <laughs> Pratt. <laughs> well, I think Marvel has more instant gratification of a lot of stuff. Right. Too, sure. Right? So. Yeah. And that's what I mean is, yeah, it's that relatable humor, that immediate humor. Yeah. Uh, and you see even reference to pop culture and, and, and these things people can latch on to. Yeah. So you can almost say uh, DC, in the, at least in this film, felt more, it felt a little more abstract because their discussions as you listen through the film was a lot about justice and who was in the right and wrong. Yeah. And uh, Steppenwolf was there simply to conquer the world. So y you didn't have as many detailed... Uh, stories or character yeah. analysis that you did in others. Yeah, you didn't have you had one movie that built up the villain, and that was Batman versus Superman. Mm. And only the extended edition actually built it up enough. I think the theatrical. I hated the theatrical version of Batman versus Superman. Uh, a friend of mine convinced me to watch the extended version. Watched it, loved it. Mm. It just adds more, and I wish they would do an extended to this one. Um, but because I, I read up on all the, on, on what all the deleted scenes were. And uh, at least most of them. I missed the one about uh, Superman and the uh, proposal with, uh, uh, with well, it was, Lane, it was in the trailer. Ironically, it was in the trailer for the film. I guess I didn't see yeah. that trailer. Maybe it was one of the trailers. Because uh, I, I think I only watched the first trailer of Justice League that ever came out. Hmm. Yeah, I can confirm or one of that. Them, but, but anyway, but there was a lot more detail on the character development. They did do more with Cyborg and his backstory a little bit. They kind of mm -hmm. had like a five-minute flashback sort type of thing. But Fl flashback. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, and even more with Flash and everything. But it's just because 
because they were worried about time constraints. Like, Marvel has a big enough franchise where their movies can go past two hours. They don't care. They know they're going to make money off of it. Um, but Justice League is newer. They're not sure. And so that movie with the credits comes down to the second, to the two-hour mark. Mm. I would actually disagree with that because look at uh, Avengers, uh, Avengers, um, Avengers Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of the way the story was laid out there were a lot of things that it cut to that you're like it worked but from you know just from a story arc like the first time you see ultron you don't you see him as it cuts right to him like having like his almost perfect body after um he breaks out of star um stark's tower right and so to me like it would have made more sense to build up the more character as he's assembling himself you just see him like oh He's got a body, so I mean, it seems. Well, you did see it cut away to where it goes underneath, like back into the constru- the robotic construction area within the tower, where he builds. He's he starts repiecing the robots together to build his own armor. Yeah, but it still felt a little a little forced. But yeah, a little bit. But I'll give you that. But it's it's kind of sad though when you have films there. You're trying to tell, make this great story here, yeah. but I I kind of get it where it's like you know, hey, you can make more money if it's this this length because then you can show more more films of. Uh, you can show the film more times in a day, yeah. make more money. So, yeah. yeah, and you could say there's a lot of expectations for films uh, in our culture because uh, back in the day, you used to have, I mean, way back in the day, you would have films come out. And it would be, oh, this one film or this two film is there at the cinema, like even back in the 50s and yeah. the 60s. And so you just got used to just simply responding to these things. And of course, there were there were reviews from people, but it wasn't as... Uh, yeah, the expectations weren't as high because yeah. we have we have more conveniences, which gives us more time to respond in a more detailed manner mm-hmm. to these things. I would say it's two things, and then we'll, we'll jump into the topics. Uh, definitely, um, Iron Man really changed the game back in two thousand eight mm-hmm. because then this is what got the whole um, you know Marvel train going. But then, you know, of course, our technology, where we have you know that year iPhone came out in 2008, so we're able to respond mm-hmm. quicker on social media. There's a uh, international and global, inter- in, in, um, immediate global market yeah. where people can see the movie. They can access, you know, clips from the movie even, like five minutes. Watch five minutes from Wonder Woman. Watch five minutes from this film just because they want it. That's a way of drawing attention. That would have never happened 10, 20 true, years yeah. ago. That's true. But, yeah. Um, one theme uh, definitely was the music, of course. Mm-hmm. What did we want to talk about regarding music for Justice League? They finally brought us themes for each individual superhero, which was yes. so gratifying. Yeah. Gratifying because gratifying, gratifying, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gratifying. Just because we don't have that in Marvel anymore. We have we have the Avengers theme, which even in Avengers Age of Ultron, that theme kind of got tucked away a little bit more than it was in the first movie it's just like every time with marvel we have one movie that's that's either the first movie of the superhero or the first movie first group movie and we have a theme for the first one that's usually very recognizable the second movie the sequel or the next group movie together like age of ultron or captain america 2 iron man 2 it's like those themes go away and just becomes just adventure music with no distinctive Mm -hmm. memorable theme which and is a modern quality of music. Yeah, but even, I mean, I don't know. Most right. movies tend to have that. I mean, all, yeah, a lot of the big hits tend to have recognizable soundtracks. Yeah, so you, you definitely had, and I love that. They they picked an older composer. You have Danny Elfman, of course. Yeah. And Danny Elfman is good at themes. Um, but I do like, I like how they brought that 
the, he brought the classic feel into it to where you did have the themes, mm-hmm. but also something distinctive. Um, it wasn't my favorite score, but I do think it had it had a distinctive sound. Yeah. I think the orchestra gave it less of a bed of sound, which were used to to other composers that use a lot of electronics mm. uh, to try and enhance what's on the screen. Yeah. And well, yeah, because you're, you're pulling from the uh, the old Batman movies theme, so you're copying mm-hmm. that, and then you do Hans Zimmer's theme from Wonder Woman. Um, we don't really have themes for Flash, Cyborg, uh, or Aquaman yet. I hope we get something distinctive for all those characters, though. There were They were sprinkled through the films, um, and I did a little research on that. Just basically, Danny Elfman said, I will leave you these themes, and you can develop them if you want. So he did leave some themes for each of them, and you'll hear them sprinkled through the film. That's okay, cool. that's good. Um, by the way, Marvel, I think Black Panther may have been the last one that actually really used themes very well. They did. I will give them that. They it did wasn't a very as, good job of th- like, and it's more memorable. just style. Yeah, mm-hmm. there wasn't like an exact melody line that you can remember, but the style is very, very definite. Just kind of that blend of like mm-hmm. African tribal superhero and R and B. It was a very interesting but yeah. very cool blend. Mm-hmm. A lot of a uh, lot of syncopation, a lot of uh, different time signatures colliding. Even it was really mm-hmm. very interesting to see in a film, especially a superhero film. So agreed. Yeah. So well done on the music, at least. Yes. Way to go, Danny identities. Yeah, identities in. Uh, Of course, the other thing we were going to touch on was, well, Justice League. So we're going to talk a little bit about justice, I suppose. What is justice? Define justice for us. Oh, good grief. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can look up Webster's Dictionary if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Why don't we just do that? Why don't we go to (laughs) it? We have a starting point. I'm actually curious what they actually define justice as. I mean, you can really just say it's the you know. I just it's just a picture of it. Just man. Is. <laughs> it just is. <laughs> oh, the puns. Uh, that was that was okay. You can do better. I just can't. We're just warming up. That's okay. Oh yes. Anyway, um, okay. What so we got? Justice, according to the dictionary from Google, uh, number one is just behavior or treatment that helps narrow it down <laughs> number two a judge or magistrate in particular okay it's talking about the judge the actual title of a judge mm-hmm. um so i guess but, but justice could be looked at two ways it's given it's punishing the wrongdoer and it's also protecting the innocent yeah true right yeah. um out of curiosity mm-hmm. um how would you guys define Personally, again, and I, I'm, uh, of course, I'm the political one here. Yeah, for but sure. how do you, how would you guys, in your own terms, define social justice? What's the difference between justice mm. and social justice? Hmm. I'll, or you have, you have something to say? Uh, yeah, I guess I would suppose uh, when you say social justice, we're referring to a moral stance, whatever that moral stance may be. Um, for example, of course, a very popular example would be Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, you could say that's social justice and trying to bring, in trying to bring an equality, perhaps to, uh, to an, uh, an, an injustice, essentially. I mean, that that would maybe the simplest way. Well, let, let me let me reverse the question. What's the difference between an injustice and a sh- and a social injustice? Let's let's reverse mm. it. What's the difference between an injustice and a social injustice? Yeah. So as in like breaking the law or 
breaking social code. Let's put it that way, because that's that's kind of how how it goes. Because if you're if it's a social injustice, that implies it's not against the law, but it's something oh, okay. that that mm-hmm. is hypothetically morally wrong. Again, the term has been loosely used all over the place, um, but uh, of what social justice for, is. For but, example, you're talking like. It's not morally wrong to park, you know, let your parking meter expire, but it is, in a sense, it's breaking the rule, and therefore you're going well, no, to get a fine for it. But it's not like a moral. It's not. I a, mean, those are set up by government, though. Right. To, so that is technically breaking the law if you don't pay your parking meter. Yes. That's that's. And there is a punishment associated with right. That, so that's but, not social justice. That's actually in, that's actually justice. Yeah, that's, that's, okay. Normal justice. Yeah, that's, okay. that's normal justice. Okay. So social justice would be. You're defining. You could add like lawful good. Something like that, lawful good. In other words, yeah. you're bringing morality into it more, which again, that's not strictly defined either. Right, and to that's I, I'm bringing up this question because, and I, I think it can apply because we see more and more superhero movies talking about the social justice issues that we actually are hearing about in the news from like the social justice warriors of our generation, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what what we can give that what what definition we can give social justice. Uh, b- because it's not actually m- lawful yeah. injustice. Let's. Uh, why don't we point to hope? I think that may be a little larger. Because if you think about, if, if you are seeking for we'll social just, justice, we'll just draw an ass and call it a day. <laughs> so, right, <laughs> right, right. It's uh, my world. It means hope. It looks like an S. Hope doesn't start with an S. Yeah. Well, <laughs> conversation over. There we go. So, so we, when you deal with social justice, what you what you're really fighting for is is a hope a hope for a specific cause Uh, and so social justice refers to uh, something hopeful that brings Hmm. many together so So it's the pursuit uh, social justice is the pursuit of lawful justice yeah you might even say therefore social injustice is something that is legal but needs to be pursued to become an illegal act so that down the in the future that same act would be considered lawful injustice as opposed to just social injustice i mean like slavery like will force's day was that was the it was legal right and his social the cause for social justice was of course the slave trade but it was also moral reform of all in england because it was terrible you know children were being chained to um, work on their workspaces in very dangerous conditions, and so it was really it was him giving uh, England her moral compass back. Yeah, and in many ways yeah. we've lost that here in the United States. Yeah, yeah true. So you could say it's a it, when it comes to social justice, it's a combination of morality and law. Okay, um, but here's what's I think what's going to be interesting if we're talking about this whole idea of you know what's what's interesting what's interesting about superheroes like Batman's character, for example. Definitely, he's a he's a vigilante, but he definitely is. White fights for justice. He punishes the wrongdoer. That's his role as a su- you know his superhero role, but he misses out on the whole. If as kind of as I'm understanding, you're defining trying to find social justice is kind of doing the right thing for somebody, um, even though there's no law that says it's right or wrong. It's doing the right thing for someone. Uh, Batman can't do that. He doesn't help um, someone who's trying tr- struggling to pay their mortgage or. Um, this group who's I'm trying to think of an example here but I'm saying do you see what I'm trying to say where yeah there are social you know justice warriors out there and they're fighting for people who are um, there's the whole you know wage 
pot fighting for a higher wage or um, insurance. I mean, those are forms of social justice where there's a belief that we need to fight for these people to have this or they don't have to experience that. You see what I'm, see yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I get that. So I think what's interesting about superheroes, it's kind of a blunt instrument where he can't he can't do that. Yeah, he's Bruce Wayne. He can buy the bank and give the Clarks, you know, give the Kents back their house. But if he didn't have that, I mean, what's Batman going to do? So in a way, we're we're kind of heroes that Batman can't be in our own little way. Yeah. Well, and you can contrast Superman and Batman's sense of justice. Because Batman almost has a personal sense of justice. Because he's going to... That's why he's to, a vigilante, yeah. Exactly. He's going to take care of it in in a justly way that he sees fit. Right. Yeah. yeah. But he's also Superman coming from is, a place of pain. Whereas Superman right. is... is coming from just a place of like hope. this is yeah hope yeah it's like lawful good yeah almost <laughs> there we go <laughs> and and to and uh that's actually an interesting correlation hmm. the the one who the superhero who derives his his power from technically i don't know batman doesn't actually have powers but de- derives his power from pain is a lot weaker than the superhero derives his power from hope yeah hmm. something poetic that about that true, though I don't know. Pain can be pain can be a powerful thing. For example, pain. Sith lords. <laughs> well, yes, but but he's saying but what Jerry's pointing at is his yeah. There there's a place for there can be a place for both. But he's saying his whole entire identity, his whole entire motive for living, you you really can't live a powerful life out of fear. We know people who live fearful lives. They either become maniacal control freaks. Right. Or they just completely hide yeah. in the shadows. Well, and that's where Batman changes because now we see after what happened with Batman versus Superman and Superman dies, we see hope instilled in Batman and that makes him stronger in that he collects the team together, which makes everybody stronger. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so so hope yeah. does win as because it instills a group mindset, a, uh, a teamwork mindset, which always... Well, does com- better than a solo and, act. And Commissioner Gordon yeah. even told Batman, he said, hey, it's nice to see that you're playing nice with others. And yeah. Batman's like, maybe it's temporary. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Of course, that was kind of sarcastic, but... Because right. Aquaman just said, just like a bat. I, I dig, dig it. it. And Wonder maybe Woman... temporary. <laughs> just thinking about, you know, we were talking about uniting them. They Wonder Woman was, was the glue uh, with keeping the team together. She confronted everyone think about it uh, individually well yeah. she as kind each of, of them addressed struggles well kind of with that theme of hope she's the one who finds the hope in each of you know mm-hmm. each of them and draws that out yeah and so it's kind of like exactly. that exactly yeah. um batman's the drill sergeant saying this is worth laying down your life for all right do your thing <laughs> yeah. well that reminds me of that line i just love how insensitive it is ironically where um he's just like we need the world needs superman and he's just like, well, what if he prefers to be dead? He'll be like, he'll get over it. <laughs> it's like, it's a little. You're really cold. selfish, Batman. You know that? I mean, I, I get it, but yeah, it's funny. But, that was a good line, though. That was um, pretty good. Kind of on that note that we were talking, we were starting to talk about that. One of the other themes was friendship and camaraderie. Um, what did we want to say about that theme? This film did, in my opinion, very well with that dynamic, with uh, uniting each of them, a few more than others. For example, you saw uh, the way Flash and uh, Cyborg, thank you, Cyborg, united over the fact that they were considered the accidents. Yeah. Because Flash <laughs> was bump. hit by lightning. Uh, the other uh, okay, was, we don't do fist bump. 
Right, right. <laughs> one was a result of an experiment, and so they were both considered the, the accidents of the, the group. Yeah. And so they united over that. But overall, too, you didn't see you didn't see the bickering that you did with the Avengers. Yeah. It, with the Avengers, it, it was it was almost impossible to get them to glue together. Hmm. It's like they were using school glue instead of super glue, and it made it a lot harder. You, and you saw these clash of personalities, which for that movie, it definitely suited it uh, well. Yeah, um, true. It it made interesting dynamic, but as far as glue, I th- I think this team was very good with their dynamic, and Wonder Woman really helped to bring that together. Yeah, you gotta wonder because if you're gonna correlate Justice League versus the Avengers, because um, you think f- the first Avengers movie, the the moment that they got together as a team for the first time was Nick Fury manipulating them because he made them think that Phil Coulson died, and he he blood on the cards that he got out of Colson's locker telling that they were in Colson's jacket. So he kind of manipulates them and Nick Fury is just it's very secrets oriented and how he gets the team together and we see like in Captain America Winter Soldier and Age of Ultron these things fall apart because the team is keeping things from each other. So like the team is built on secrets and mm-hmm. manipulation mm-hmm. and Civil War it all kind of falls apart. Um and Good then point. Justice League we we have fewer characters, I'll give you, but, well, yeah, yeah, we have fewer characters as far as main superhero characters, but um, it's literally superheroes to superheroes teaming up. It's not some an organization trying to piece them together, mm. um, and there's no secrets True. that they have. They're, they're, they share each other's identities right off the bat and everything, too. Because the other thing that you have to kind of also consider is everyone, to a degree, is stepping into their is stepping into this role. Where sure. um, I feel like you know Iron Man's kind of established. I am Iron Man. Thor is I am Thor. You know, King of you know. Yeah. God Hulk of is really the only one who had some identity issues. Right. So all these other characters, like Wonder Woman, knows who she is, but in a way, she's stepping into her own new character. Is is um, in the movie saying, you know, you step out of the shadows, or you can True. live as a bat your entire life. But like you know, Flash, she's excited about. Hey, I'm. I have. I have friends. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need friends but um that was all of all of this character but like he's stepping uh, he's into that best. role aquaman is uh when he's having his really um transparent moment he's saying how i never embraced the land or the sea so he's kind of stepping into this new role of what it means to be um responsible and a guardian protector with the powers that he has cyborg is stepping out of his hiding and um you could almost uh say aquaman is kind of like a strider uh like he's an aragorn yeah because he has royalty in his blood, mm. but he doesn't want to take it. Right. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that's... No, he's young. He wants to do stuff. So mm. <laughs> yeah, he just wants. <laughs> yeah, to a do couple stuff. hundred thousand years old. You know, young. Mm-hmm. Well, he is young. In in Atlantean standards. I, I know, but yes. I mean, yeah. he he is maybe what twenty nine years old. By Atlantean standards, you mean? No, no, I mean like, like he is not like hundred. He's not thousands of years old. Aquaman isn't. Aquaman's. Pretty old, technically, as far as actual number of years go. But he's not... I mean, by Atlantean standards, he's young. But I he's... I don't know. I, don't I thought know he was that. at least a couple hundred having, years old. I, I mean, I'm just... Sure. I just I assume... No may, I may be way off. I'm not... I, I mean, way, way I don't off, know so. how long his lifespan, like, would be, but I'm just assuming he was you know, in his 30s, and that's why he's like, you know, I'm young, and there's stuff... I, you know, I want to I wanna go out and do stuff. I mean, I just assume that he was... Hmm. Anybody I'll have a comic book? <laughs> no. Laying uh, around? No. Okay. I don't. Not at the moment. We'll Google that later. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, friendship, camaraderie. Uh, let's see. We did touch about morality a little bit. Uh, villain. We could talk a little bit about the villain. Uh, Villain-wise, yeah, there have... In Wait, this you got to do it in your Russian accent. 
Okay, Steppenwolf. <laughs> Steppenwolf. Uh, he wasn't as much of a. Uh, he, he. The villain. Say Steppenwolf again. Steppenwolf. <laughs> Steppenwolf. 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 It's like Steppenwolf. <laughs> he didn't really uh, resonate with the the audiences. So, and why was that? Why, why, for example, why was he? I bet a Russian people would be like, "We do not sound like that." <laughs> no, I don't, don't know if we've expanded to the Russian market with this podcast yet. <laughs> Even people who do like, I'm just, I don't know. And I think there's some clear correlations as to why Steppenwolf or Loki is a better uh, enemy than Steppenwolf. But I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts on what the contrast. And well, what I think we had a little more build up with Loki than we did Steppenwolf. <laughs> You sound more like Randy Newman now. I was trying to. <laughs> I was trying to sound like like Gru. Gru? Yeah, from oh, Despicable Gru, Me. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but he's right. I'm mocking the Russian accent. I'm trying to. Sorry. Yeah, we're taking a Russian. We admire too. Russian accents very, very much. That's why we do. That's why we do them, right? It's good. Yeah. That's more German. It's but more German. That's a little German. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. But anyway, um, but yeah, absolutely. There's more. You know, honestly, Steppenwolf's backstory as. What's his motivation? He wanted to conquer. So yeah, he's he, okay. Yeah. Not much to let's, him. Let's let's start the movie. I mean, it's yeah. so. I mean, Loki's he's the god of mi- mischief in a sense. It's, he kind of has a similar role, but he's definitely you know Steppenwolf is yeah. more of a plot device than an actual character that people yeah. relate yeah. to. Well, and DC has the problem of where they have they they have a, a good number of really interesting backstory of superheroes. Their villains usually are lackluster because they usually have. Uh, Joker is the only really different one. Most of the other villains in DC Universe have uh, two different goals, uh, money or power. That's literally it. There's not much other goal. Well, isn't that what any, when you really dig down, isn't that what any villain wants? Well, yeah, but there, I mean, I guess it's, it's, there's not much backstory to the villains as well. Like, there's not relationship between the villains and the heroes as much, except for Batman and Joker. Batman has more intimate relationships with a lot of his villains and a lot of the other characters tend to. Well, listen, that's the... You said... Would you say power and money? Or did you say power and money? I, I didn't. Okay. Well, I was going to say the power, I think, for a good villain would be... And this is, this is actually an interesting idea. The power or the money is not the end goal. It's the means to something else. For example, in Black Panther, uh, Killmonger, he wanted power not because he had a, um, you know, I want to be king... You know, a Mufasa complex right. going he on. He needed here. power to fulfill his wa- for, to save others. He wanted power his. because he says the world is not as I see as I see it, and I want to change that. You know, in a way, it's kind of yeah. in a way, it's kind of like Batman's mentality, where it's like this is, and I think that we all feel that there's insenses of injustice, and therefore I'm going to pursue justice, in, in, you know, by my own, what's yeah. right in my eyes. It's well, actually, view. It's going back right. to the social justice we were talking about, that's kind of what he was. Killmonger was kind of like the social justice warrior. He was seeing things that were. In, in, and we relate to that. And yeah, that's we what relate. makes him such a, a good villain. It's like we he was, see where he's yeah. coming from on that. Yeah, because he saw things in the world that were wrong, except that his solution was to destroy everything and take over the people who were causing this rather than do anything diplomatically or not so murdery. <laughs> so, you got to be stop being so murdery, okay? Yeah. It's not cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah not that. cool, man. Uh. Yeah, for once, I mean, you you could say like a simple villain, a, a simple clear-cut villain is refreshing at times, but yeah. perhaps the fact that he was CGI. Yeah, that was probably my biggest thing. I would have preferred, even if he wasn't as big, just like just get John Cena or somebody and put him in a costume <laughs> that was actually like a good quality costume. That w- that would have been acceptable to me. Yeah, yeah. Because he was, 
Yeah, because he was very video game CGI. Like, he wasn't, like, the CGI there wasn't as rich as I would have liked. I think they tried to do too much detail to where it just looked too animated. They probably spent too much time taking out that mustache on uh, Superman's face, right? No, they spent too much time on Steppenwolf and didn't have enough time for the mustache. Oh, okay. It was at least more obvious to me. I'm not sure about you guys. Yeah, it was kind of obvious, but I actually, actually didn't notice this effects, time around. We just put we put this is a CGI beard. They have been growing growing beards, and uh, I actually have a full Duck Dynasty out. beard right now. <laughs> it is. Our effects are very impressive. Goes down to my belly button. In fact, we're not even here right now. All of this is CGI. Uh, we're <laughs> just doing the the podcast. Audio wise, we're just in a green screen room right now. We yeah, are. So. We are the green. I'm screen drinking room. virtual <laughs> hot chocolate at the moment. <laughs> okay, uh, so and I'm virtually full at this point. Here we go. <laughs> you got all that technology from Wakanda, didn't you? Yes. This yes. is starting to become a Black Panther. This is a this now. is a vibranium cup. So, <laughs> so <laughs> if anyway, if anyone shoots you, just you got defense here. Just block That's it with right. that. That's going to be my new thing. So it's like, you know, people say they have abs of steel. I'm just like, I'm going to have ab- I have abs of vibranium, guys. <laughs> abs of vibranium. Anyway, uh, but transitioning, uh, another thing we were going to talk about was um, heroism, which we've kind of... Wait, heroin? <laughs> I kept saying heroinism. Heroism. Heroism. I- Sorry, which- quick side note, but have you guys, have I shown you guys the Jedi party? Have you seen that, the spoof mm-hmm. on YouTube? No, I- maybe you did. Okay, did. for any anyone out there who has seen uh, YouTube Jedi Party, they it's basically bad lip reading remake. They remake the story of of each Star Wars episode. The first oh, one is Jedi yes. Party, and uh, <laughs> oh, and they add new voices and, like change the storyline. Yes, and Qui Gon Jinn when he's talking to Anakin on the on the uh, platform, he's like, uh, <laughs> Master Qui Gon, I have a question. Master Yoda mentioned midi chlorians. What are midi chlorians? It's heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, all the Jedi be- are like party people. Like they're just—they're basically a, a bunch of fraternity guys and girls. That's, uh, and oh, <laughs> that's how they change the story. Anyways, we that's are, a side note. We are not it's adv- heroin. We are not advocating heroin in any shape or form. Please no, mis- no. Mis- misinterpret. We do advocate heroinism. Hero, hero. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Heroism and heroinism. Enunciate, enunciate. Uh, so we have touched on that briefly, but um, was there any? I had a thought or two I wanted to share, but do you guys have any thoughts on? Heroism. Yeah. I was gonna. In fact, you see, you see a struggle with two heroes specifically in the film. Uh, with Batman, he doesn't feel qualified. He doesn't feel like he can lead the league like Clark could. Because uh, he doesn't inspire hope. Right, and that's what he was focused on. But also, you see Wonder Woman, where you see a heated moment between Bruce and uh, Diana where he brings up her dead boyfriend, Steve yeah. Trevor, as seen in Wonder Woman, mm. uh, talking about how you are still, you know, you blame me, Cla- uh, Bruce, for staying in the past of not moving forward and taking over the league, and um, and yet you're the one who's spent centuries mourning your boyfriend, essentially. And so you have both sides of, of them feeling like they are being pulled back to the past, and their impact is impact is stunted because they're they're they don't see they're not stepping out to being the heroes that we know they will eventually become yeah which we're seeing that more with superman i think superman wise they did really well with this film in depicting him as the superman uh, that we're familiar with first of all he had a more vibrant costume that's for sure well yeah yeah but like uh, wonder woman quoted she said i've been reacting not leading Ooh, so absolutely. her focus was like, I'm just reacting to what's going on here. 
and in the meantime the main issue is is with her past and what she's what she how she's trying to advance and what she can yeah. offer the world and really just step out uh you could say in faith um and actually be the the woman that is a wonder <laughs> Yeah. I wonder I, who she is. <laughs> but yeah, no, you you've got to admit that was a that's it's one of the parts where Wonder Woman really shines because you kind of Steve Trevor is in the original Wonder Woman movie like he's kind of already his own character like she brings out maybe a little bit extra side of him, but it's more like he they fall in love and he has something more to fight for than he did before. Mm. I wouldn't say as much as like she brought out something different again in uh, different in him. Um, cause he kind of already had all this bravery and stuff in him, knew, you know, knew what his duty was. Um, but you really see her shine here where she brings out something in Batman that he didn't have as much. Uh, and now it's a combination. She's of, able to call him out on his BS. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty much. Um, but Batman, yeah, I think Batman's, you're right. Batman talking. Sorry. I was trying to create <laughs> Bat Hulk. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, so on that note, though, it, it, think about the way we personally impact and interact with those around us. Uh, what we've been talking about is is essential to community, how we are connected and how we encourage one another, but also the fact that we think, oh, I'm not the one to impact. It has to be someone else. Yeah, I don't have the skill set. I don't have the abilities. So you're talking about like taking personal responsibility for the way we live our lives with other, with other, other people? Mm-hmm. And actually impacting lives where you see needs. Absolutely. Uh, just like just like Bruce, he didn't feel that he he was qualified and f- felt like he was he he was strong enough uh, to lead a league, and also felt that somebody else was qualified, who was Superman. Uh, went to yeah, great lengths true. to bring him back. Now it ended up being a good thing, but still, sometimes we step behind the scenes. Step, sometimes we step back and leave things emptier than before most when we don't address it if you know what i mean so yeah like if we see sense. yeah if we see a need to fit fit any kind of need in that well let's kind of try to make this like more take this down to like on a personal note like how do you think well first of all how would we define leadership because i think she diana was really bringing some there were some good points about becoming a leader because she made the whole point is i don't she didn't want to lead because she says you know i'm just so used to fighting and i just do my job but when you lead I'm responsible for these people to the point where this is worth giving your life for. Um, so why do you, f- like, how would you define what leadership is and then what does that look like in our own lives and then why is why would we, why are we are so afraid to possibly take leadership in certain areas? Well, I, th- I think leadership is a combination of traits, personally, um, because you think of leadership as, some people would think of leadership as just having power or control, and that's that's not the whole thing because there's I mean to be an actual leader there's something about it's the difference between being a tyrant and a leader technically if you just have power and that's all you care about that's that's tyranny basically um, or that's what you're pursuing in what some way shape or form um, at least selfishness if it, even if it's not control over other people it's if you're just seeking control in your own life that's selfishness and pride um, but leadership. In and of itself, I think, I mean, one, obviously, is courage, which is just, it's, again, we could say it's not the lack of fear. It's the uh, courage and bravery to face fear. That's, I mean, we can agree on that. To not let fear be, dictate your actions. Yes, thank you. That's a better way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and definitely, I think, I don't know, I th- 
it really i think it depends on the situation to some things because some people some people are meant to lead certain types uh like some people are meant for a military style of leading um political style of leading uh church type of leading i think there's different types of leadership uh some are just you know family type of leadership yet at their job they have no authority whatsoever but they're a leader in their home so there's definitely different types of leadership out there um so i don't know how you would define it as to to hit the entire spectrum um because it could hit a lot of different things Someone, right. someone once put it this way, and I thought it was, it's just something that's I've, I've always considered, if I can remember how he said it. He said, I, I have power, in other words, leadership. I have power, not because I can tell you what to do, but because I can unleash your potential. And that kind of always stuck with me, thinking, what do you mean by that? And the idea is, mm. kind of going back to the hope and fear theme, we all have had, you know, people, I've, I remember being in college, we talked about there's leaders and then there's managers. And we always use managers as like a byword that, oh, that's my manager. You know, mm. that's not my leader. I have to obey him because he's... Take me to your leader. Yeah, take, yeah he's, got, he's got authority over me. And we always, you know, we, we didn't like the manager, but we liked the leader. And sometimes the leader's not the one who is making the bigger paycheck. Sometimes it's your coworker, but there's something about that person who inspires you or pulls out the best in you. And I think for Diana and even Superman, we saw that how they're bringing out the best in people. And so I think that's what leadership is in many ways is and we all can be leaders in different ways, but we pull out the best in others. And you're right. It is a culmination of different traits because it takes empathy. It takes compassion. It takes patience. It yeah. takes um, selflessness, selflessness of yeah. willing to confront your own fears. Because many times as a leader, you have to do the things that nobody else wants to do, but it has to be done. So it's your job to go ahead and do it. You lead by example. So, yeah. But uh, I just always thought about that. It's like, how can I unleash your potential? And uh Definitely, like you know, you guys have pushed me to unleash my potential in other ways, and so, so in a way, we're all leading one another. Um, and I think we're missing that in our world today. We just have people telling people what's right, what's wrong, what to do, yeah. And there's no one being, no one's leading because, well, people are leading, but um, well, everyone wants to be on the moral high ground, mm-hmm. but that's not leadership in and of itself. Yeah. Right. They, they, you could say there needs to be a standard of some kind. Because yeah. a standard will provide a solid foundation to advance from. If not, then you're leaping from rock to rock, and there's there's a press there's a precipice there, and you're trying to leap on these different stones, just trying to avoid it. And yet, you know, you could potentially fall in it all the time because of the moral plot holes. You can yeah. almost say. But even that is still. Um, no, but I, I agree with that, I and mean, we come from a Christian worldview, and um, it's you know. We can say we've had a, you could say maybe a Christian culture, if you will, where definitely, you know, there's Jesus, the Bible, Ten Commandments, certain things have been embedded in our culture and, you know, kind of taboo in certain taboo ways, but that doesn't make people any more eager to, you know, um, says don't commit adultery, Ten Commandments. But we have people who are, you know, sleeping around with their boyfriend or girlfriend and I'm not going to do this because what your, your Bible, your authority says not to. You talk about standards. Yeah, standards. Mm -hmm. And... I think what we have to keep in mind is truth and ethics and doing the right thing. And leadership is not just, oh, just don't do this. Why? Because I said so. That's fear. Right. That's you know, being yeah. a, you know, authority. Yeah. But talking about, well, why don't do that? Well, if you don't do that, you don't have to run the risk of emotional and physical abuse. You don't have to run the risk of getting a sexual transmitted disease. You have the freedom to not... Um, to just love people for who they are and not because you're trying to get something out of them. Yeah. And so, I mean, those are 
I think those are the reasons why God has mandated certain things, not because he's a cruel tyrant. But if we were to really explore the reasons why he said, don't do this, we'll see the wisdom of he wants us to be fully alive. Yeah. I want you to be, I want to unleash your full potential. And you can't do that if you're combating a sexual disease or you're in a relationship that's very toxic yeah. to you. And because you're so emotionally invested in this person, you can't let him go. It's almost ironic that unleashing full potential requires restraint. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of ironic. I mean, if like if you're going to go down... That would qualify as irony, isn't it? Well, yeah. well, I guess to put in a in a, a metaphor, would it be a metaphor? We'll find out. Uh, if you're going down a road, we all flunked English, so. <laughs> and here we are talking about philosophical sure ideas. Right. <laughs> but if you're going to go down a road, if you're going to make it to the end of that road, you can't deviate from that road. Yeah, you might be able to deviate, but there's no guarantee that you'll make it back on that road. And if you do, you've lost some time. Um, but going down the road, if you're going to make it to the end, you have to can't go off on a rabbit trail yeah right and here we are and there's the irony bringing a full circle good night everybody see that is that really about potential though because you are reacting to the elements what's outside of you Mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily this is not simply just innate it's also external if you're dealing with both worlds the internal and the external world so you are dealing with some kind of outer standard are you talking about like the fear of the unknown of what's Outside, uh, outside that path is that we're talking about. We're talking about just reacting? advancing in life, mm-hmm. in the in your dealings with others and yeah. in, in your life path, you could say. So when you're advancing, you you are dealing with external things that are not really related to you. Um, even for example, like, well, let's take the Ten Commandments for example. Those were to show us that we were not perfect, <laughs> and that we couldn't keep those laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were pr- to provide. These are really my standards. God was saying, that "This is what this is the perfect way of, of really doing things. You can't do this on your own. I need to provide you, with someone who can do these things perfectly on your behalf." Mm-hmm. So again, that that was an act of love. But what is that? That's that's something external, you know. Also internal, because you have the Holy Spirit when you become a Christian. Uh, that enters inside of you. See, the, uh, you have the internal and the external. So it's not just merely unleashing your potential. There, there's also that hidden to the to the world, of uh, and that straight world is external. It's not. It's not necessarily your. But your is call. it just external though? I mean, I would. No, it's not just external. I was gonna say. I would say. I think it's be internal because, I mean, we can all agree on like you know the world. Like uh, there's a um, ministry called Charity Water. Um, definitely, it's an awesome cause where they're trying to create a world where there is everyone has cl- access to clean water. That's something we can all agree on because we can all agree on like, yeah, people have innate value and everyone should have clean water. I mean, there's certain things that we can all agree on that just killing somebody for fun is is not a good thing. It's a wrong thing to do. Those are things we can, you know, just something inside of us innately says this is wrong. And that kind of well, goes back to that sense of justice. Now, can that just be perverted? Yeah, but we all have this. There's, we all have a moral sense that something's not right here and needs, needs to change. Yeah, and in that case, that would actually be a necessity. We know that's a necessity, and we've experienced it as a necessity, water. Uh, and so you could say that's external as well. So you're, you're dealing with both worlds. That makes sense. I think so. Yeah. Again, we just want to make sure that we're kind of, maybe, you know, we could always just be going different paths we could be diverging in what we're saying mm-hmm. we could even mean the same thing at some point but just kind of terms. adding to what what was discussed because when you say unleashing your potential that has a a vibe about it that 
that ranges into like the blend of Western and East Eastern culture of mm-hmm. self well, re- realization and oneness. Well, let me yeah, uh, kind of yeah, I can see what you I can see where you're getting at. When I say like your potential, um, a friend of mine is has defined it as um, I, I think it's the term is woke, like you know that's a woke person. But <laughs> there's certain people that I've encountered that you know we're all on this journey. You know we're all on a journey trying to figure out how we live our life, who we are, and how we interact in the world in which we live in, as um, confusing as it can be at times. But there's just certain people you run into, and they just are remarkable individuals. There's just something about the way they talk. Uh, their personality, they just seem to love life. And granted, that might be just part of their personality, but there's just some people I'm like, there's just something that just they're different. You know, you you love people with unconditional uncon- restraint. That's just amazing. And you have, you know, and um, this one woman I know, her name's uh, um, Sandy. And Sandy has um, done a ministry here in Nashville with the homeless. And she just you just talk with her. She just has so much love and compassion and wisdom mm-hmm. for these people. And it's just like, what is different about you? And definitely like, if she's one of the people who, and you know, invokes the love of Christ, like very few people I've met, it's just incredible how she just loves people, but just certain people you can come in contact with. And you're like, this person is fully awake. They're, you know, woke. Mm-hmm. They're fully awake. They're, they're doing what they were made to do. They are hashtag f- woke. Yeah. So, I mean, they're at what I'm saying, like, you know, your potential, like you were made for great things. You know, it's, it's, I believe that, that God has made you and fashioned you for good things, you know, for a purpose. And we fail to recognize that potential because we're afraid or because mm-hmm. certain things are holding us back. And the whole thing about leashing your potential is how can I unlock your shackles to let you be the person you were made to be? Because if you do, you're going to do some amazing things for social justice. I mean, the guy who did Charity Water, if you look at his story, I'll, uh, I'll send the link on the Facebook, but it's incredible how this guy started off as a bouncer, you know, in a, in a club, making lots of money, getting people drunk, and he decided, you know what, I'm just going to let all this go. And his life has been completely flipped upside down. He's doing this incredible stuff, and he had no qualifications for mm-hmm. that. But it's just inspiring to be like, well, hey, if this is what he can do, what can I do? Yeah. It's funny to me. I was actually watching something um – today that was a long tangent sorry no that was a good that was a good tangent that was a very good tangent though and i know we're kind of deviating off the film we'll try to get back to it but uh something i was watching earlier today i'm trying to think the guy's name um the guy who did dirty jobs yeah um, oh what's uh, it? mike mike Rowe. Rowe. okay i thought that was it okay um but yeah he was he was talking about um one thing that we tend to see is some of them i think some of the happiest people on the planet are the people who have learned to love work um, like the, the or, find gen- the, or find the joy in it, perhaps find the joy in work, find the love of work. But it's like we've gotten, and I'm guilty of this tons and tons of times. But um, we we have a mentality of okay, if I can just get, if I can work 35 hours a week instead of 40 hours a week, that'll free up more time, and I'll I'll be happier because I have more time to spend on other things. Um, but whenever I've had those days where I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna go to work, I'm gonna do a great job, I'm gonna enjoy it. Um, uh, like I actually uh. Uh, just because they asked me to, I, I burned through a day from open to close a couple of days ago, and honestly, it was a good day. It was it was a very good day. I, I enjoyed it. I and and because I think it was partially because uh, once I got there and I was asked to do it, and I was like, I got into the mindset, I was like, all right, I'm working all day. Let's let's get stuff done. We got more done yesterday. We like redid half the store yesterday, or, or not yesterday, but a couple of days ago, and did um, 
and we did very well in sales and everything. It was just a day where like, all right, from start to finish, it was like, all right, let's go to work. Like, let's just get stuff done. You, you find joy in that. And if, especially if you go in with the mindset to pursue work. Um, and it was just a very happy day. It was very, very joyful in work as opposed to days where I'm just like, when is it five o'clock? When does it get to five o'clock? Just like counting down. Uh, it's just not, if I just think that's something we've lost in our culture is the joy of work and, uh, the the value, too. the value of work. Realizing that the work that you do brings value. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And that's, and I, uh, bring it back to your point of, uh, self-discovery and becoming the best you can be and Mm -hmm. becoming woke, let's say, um, I think there's a misconception that in order to become woke, you have to disengage from you got to your, find yourself. Yeah, like you have to go on like a physical and emotional journey somehow. Like, okay, leave work or leave school and just like go go. I need on to like go a, to the the beach for five days. Right, I'll or, find myself with the sea turtles. I need to go backpack across Europe to find myself. Or it's just like, yes. no, you don't. Just like build build your life. There and is your, something that does sound very attractive about. That. I mean, I yes, it sounds attractive, lie. but no, no, no. See, but would you? Would it be more? You fun will learn to, about yourself about yourself. That is, for you sure. would learn about yourself. But w- but if you're going to pursue learning about yourself and like I need to figure yeah. my life out, like that's not the right way to take those trips. Yeah. Uh, I mean, go in with the pursuit to just enjoy it. You have it. Be grateful that like. I don't. I don't have to work right now, and I just get to enjoy this trip rather than I need to figure every. I need to figure my whole life out right now. Figure out who I am so that I can pursue what I want and plan mm. out my whole life. Like that's just stressful, man. It's just like, ugh, no. Yeah, I, like we do need rest and repose yeah. at times. But yeah, that's there's a difference between that bad escape and, and good escape. You could actually be escaping what you need to invest right. in. Yeah. Yeah. You could kind be. of what you're getting. Well, to. it's funny in my own work where, um, I'm, I'm having opportunities to step into some more leadership roles as it were. And as I'm kind of stepping into that, I also have, I'm thinking about doing more film and photography things. And I was just like, mm-hmm. well, if I do that, then I'll take me away from that. And, uh, I was just thinking, okay, God, maybe this is an opportunity for me not to run away from this because I can pursue this, but this is just a chapter in my life where I'm like, you know, this will be good for me to really, see what can I do, you know, in a more, have more leadership. What can I bring to the table? What can I, ins- you know, encourage and inspire the people I work with? How can I push them, not just do a better job, but really, and I think that's what good leaders do. They don't just get the job done. They invest in the people realizing that, hey, yeah. you're more than your job. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be working with you for maybe two weeks, maybe two years. But within those, that time, what have I left you with? Because that's going to re- last you the rest of your life. Yeah. I and mean, I was talking to my manager about that or my leader. I'll call him my leader. He's a good leader. Well, I'm not so saying manager's I'll, a bad thing. It's a title. It's yeah, just, yeah, it's a people title. People use it very derogatory. Is what, yeah, it's like what my I'm manager. But no, I, I I love my manager. He's awesome. Um, and I don't think he listens to this podcast, so I'm not I'm not trying to just like gain gain points at work. <laughs> well, let me ask you this real quick. Um, well, I'll, yeah, go ahead and finish your point because I want to ask okay, you a question. Okay, well, yeah, just um, one thing he was saying is like early on when he started managing a store, um, he got in trouble with his higher-ups because he was uh, – he was doing everything himself. Like if something needed to be moved or re- mm. reorganized, like he was doing things himself. Like so, he was he was a fantastic worker. He's an amazing worker. He has a great a he's a great there. yeah he's a great uh, manager mind as far as just like managing the floor of a store and how things should be. But managing people was where he had to had to struggle and and lack. Mm. And he said he was in our conversations like he's just kind of now getting into the groove of just like delegating and telling people just like okay you need to do this like hey can you work on this and encouraging while telling people how to yeah. um how to be better so bringing out the best in them 
Um, Greeks so. say Batman. The difference between Batman and Wonder Woman, actually. Yeah. Because my manager is basically the the, the uh, Batman. No, he's Wonder Woman because he brings out the best people. So I'll tell oh, him that okay. next time. That's hey, good. hey, <laughs> I'm not gonna give out his name, but hey, manager, you're you're Wonder Woman to me. So there you go. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> he's like, okay. um, I'm welcome. What? <laughs> oh, okay. Let's see, I was thinking Batman really because awkward. of the more technical aspects. Like he was very focused on the technical aspects of it, or like the strategic. Okay, so uh, he's a combination of Batman like and Wonder that. Woman. So because Wonder like Woman that. is more about the group, he's the more Wonder, about the, the Wonder Bat. Yeah. So, Wonder Bat. Um, well, uh, we're um, just about uh, out of time. Yeah, we're here. about out of time. But uh, uh, kind of last point to go off of that is perhaps kind of the big takeaway for all of us would be is we need more leaders in our culture because we're we're telling other people what they're you know doing is wrong. Because I mean, we, we're talking about um, the Florida shooting and talking about gun control and and people are shouting back and forth how you're an idiot if, you know this is what an ar-15 is and how it works or and name I'm, calling and yeah and, uh, and the other side are saying yes. like how you're just here to you know you just, you're too trigger happy and we shouldn't arm people and, and teachers and anyway the point is there's just so much name calling but there's no dialogue going on and yeah. so the problem with this is we're not bringing out the best in people and if i may invoke uh dale carnegie how to win friends and influence people great book um one of the most important thing you can do as a manager and a leader, but just as a person in general is you want to make someone feel special. That's all we want recognition. Mm-hmm. And the minute you take someone like you degrade someone or you degrade someone, you take what makes them special or, you know, away from them, uh, they're going to hate you for it and they're going to fight, you know, to push you down. So it's like, how can I, yeah, I might disagree with this person, but how can I edify this person, but also encourage them to think, and there's other forces at play with, you know, yeah. politics. So, I mean, sometimes it's very hard to have an honest conversation. But if we were to willing to honor the other person and talk with them, I think we would have a more fruitful conversation yeah. and actually reach resolution. Yeah, and I think the hardest part of that is going to be the discussion side because I've had some dis- – uh, I, I completely agree with you, and I've, I've definitely been at fault for not entering a political or religious conversation or moral conversation um, with the intent to um, – or I've gone into a conversation with the intent to criticize or the to intent win. to win. To yes. win. And sometimes I have, sometimes I haven't. That's a bad but I mentality. Can, yeah, it's not a good mentality to go into. Nothing gets nothing gets done there. Yeah. Um, and nobody nobody wins in that conversation. But um, I've had a few conversations where it's been, you know, I, I want to just, I want to learn the other person's perspective, give mine, and we have a we have a conversation, a very civil conversation where we both learn something, whether or not anybody changes their mind. Um, I think part of the problem is, at least, and again, this was just with one person, so I know this isn't everybody, but um, part of the problem I think is that, um, at least with this conversation, it was it was me, a uh, young Christian man talking, to, uh, Christian conservative man talking to a young atheistic liberal, or I believe he was an atheist. He, he at least, he, I knew he wasn't a Christian, uh, but I believe he said he was an atheist. I might be wrong. Um, but um, just the moral background was different. And so the, the topic we came down to, I'm not going to give you the whole synopsis of, of what we discussed, but it kind of came down to, um, listen, I can't respect people's choices for this i will respect people who make this decision um i will respect them as people and talk to them as human beings i'm not going to be mean to them i'm going to love them but i cannot respect this decision um and i can't respect their life choices and i can't go by their rules in a conversation because we differ morally um and he basically said well that's just a completely 
disrespectful way to live. That's that's a terrible way to live. And basically walked away um, after we'd had like a five, ten minute conversation. And now that's again, I don't think that's everybody, but I think that's part of the problem is that there were also coming at it from different moral perspectives. But that doesn't change the fact that you should enter any sort of political, moral, or religious conversation with the intent to um, let's encourage the other person and uh, try to learn their perspective and learn how they think before you criticize anything they say. Well, you know what the simplest way of recognizing value in someone is really using their name. Because <laughs> when you You're use right. a name, a name is significant not only, not only to them, but also in the way that you respond to them. So when you when you say their name, you are saying I am listening to you. Say my name, say my name. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And you can even sing that in front of them so that yeah. they recognize they need to know your name. That's what I'm gonna do to people anytime they. And don't that will say help diffuse the, the diffuse the heated <laughs> conversation right, right. there. And no. so look at the look at the characters in Justice League. They have names, and these people are often embodiments of what we'd like to be. And that's why people love to. That they. That's why they love heroes like that yeah they love wonder woman because of what she stands for they love superman for what he stands for they even love batman for his his uh his broodiness <laughs> and yeah. all that but we all have heroes that we look up to that goes all the way back to mythology and yeah uh, these people that we that we cling to just one last note to close on i wish that like it, we had um the okay so the scene in guardians of the galaxy where there's the dance off that is the best diffusion of any situation ever. What and are you doing? And there's another copy oh. of it in Daddy's Home. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that. Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg did a movie together uh, mm -hmm. called Daddy's Home. And same thing. Basically, like this huge argument breaks out in a in a um, in a like a daddy daughter dance tonight at the school. And um, in order to diffuse the situation, Mark Wahlberg just starts dancing randomly. And it's like in both movies, like it completely diffuses the situation. Like that's what I'm gonna do next time. There's a huge argument going. I'm just gonna like pull up my phone, play a song, and start dancing. And just, mm. like, completely diffuse the, situa the situation just to see how it works. So, in other words, <laughs> you're going to be a leader. And yes. Help, and, help, and basically push there everyone to a higher a higher standard. <laughs> they're like, All right, guys, so here's like the rule. That. If you're going to have a political discussion, you have to dance while we're doing it. All right? That's the rule. Okay. That actually worked. That would be interesting. Could, that actually would be quite interesting. Next well, presidential debate starts with a dance-off. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Well, if that was the case, President Obama, I'm pretty sure, still would have cleaned the floor on John McCain. That's racist. Why? I'm assuming it's racist. Okay. <laughs> so should I start dancing then to diffuse the conversation? You're too white to dance. Yes, I am too white to dance. We could just sing a bunch of shanties. Right? Irish shanties? Like oh, okay. yeah. I was, I was just thinking okay. that, but I... Yeah, we we, we haven't mentioned St. Paddy's Day on the actual podcast, but it is St. Yes. Paddy's Day, so... Yes, St. Paddy's Day. There all you go. Right. But, yeah, I, that's also a good idea. If you just want to find a few words to to know and just start singing them together. All right, so real quick, everyone <laughs> do your Irish accent and sign off here. Oh, my gosh. So, so this is David. Well, that wasn't that good. Let me start over. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Thank you for watching Cinema Rabbit Trailers. This is David. I'm Adam. And I'm Jerry. Uh, and I'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. See you next time. Bye.